Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. my friend appreciate you joining us as you do each and every single friday what's up oh man it's always fun to join it's a beautiful day out here in nash vegas man i love that man you know i've never been to nashville before that's a trip i need to make 
How does that? How does that happen, Chris? How does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. We got, we got a guess. We got a guest bedroom. We'll throw. Uh, we'll throw some good rancher steak on the grill. Dude, don't say less. I'm already there. Say less. Say less. No, we got to make it happen for sure. You know, they always say that that Vanderbilt road trip for SEC road trips is the best one because you, you get to experience Nashville and it's pretty much a guaranteed victory these days. So, but I don't know with Clark Lee, you never know. You never know. That might not be the case anymore. I, I yeah, guess. I, mean, I guess it, Florida it, wouldn't it, agree with that from last year. So. No, I mean, look, they, uh, they're starting to have some expectations. Uh, but, no, nah, man, look, hey, you know, outside of the Vandy Whistler, it's a great situation. But a media days, SEC media days is here this year. It's a home game. I'm excited. That is very true, man. It's going to be a lot of fun and how that's creeping up ever so quickly in just over a month. Again, Jake Crane, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Hey, let's first start because I was just looking at your feed, some of the stuff you guys have been talking about. Hey, let's first start off the Gamecock subject. And I know something that many of us uh, – you know, find fascinating. The PGA Live merger, you got any thoughts on that? I'm sure you do. It's just it's something we would have never seen coming, and now PGA and Live are shaking hands. Some say PGA is doing a deal with the devil, diving into blood money, what have you. But uh, I think, Jake, what it shows at the end of the day, man, is just money talks, man, and you're always going to do what makes the most business sense. And unfortunately, those guys that stuck it out and stayed loyal to the PGA, um, yeah, I think they had to learn that the hard way. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think they're doing karate in the garage as we speak. But, uh, no, look, here's what it is. Like, let's be honest, okay? It, when you get to these high money levels, these money makers, these corporations, these entities, especially, you know, millions and billion-dollar industries, morality is just used as a pawn. That's what it's used as. They'll use it against you. They'll try and use it with you. At the end of the day, if they feel threatened or it comes down to making more money, they're going to choose what's in their best interest, at least what they feel is in their best interest, every single time. And look, Jay Monahan, uh, you know, basically runs the PGA, basically said they, you know, they're terrorists. That's basically what he said in, in a roundabout way of doing it. Yet you go and make a deal with them. So, Look, when it comes down to the, the PGA players who stayed loyal, number one, like you, you, I shouldn't have to pay you for loyalty. And number two, guess what? You didn't make a smart business decision. I don't. Whenever one of the stocks I have money in doesn't do well, my financial advisor doesn't call me and said, hey, let me just pay you for being loyal to me. Thanks a lot. That's not how that works. So at the end of the day, it's like the movie The Ringer. The one guy who's like, why you talk different than you did before? It just goes to show you morality is a pawn when it comes down between morality and money. And this is the latest example of it. Well, Jake, let's move off of golf and into the uh, the Super Regionals. The Gainesville Super Regional taking place this weekend. Again, I, I know you talk all sports. I'm actually, again, looking at your timeline. You had posted Southern Miss blessing the baseball field, which is really cool. It takes me back to what was the the, the rookie with Dennis Quaid. Was that the Disney movie where they they blessed the field with rose petals or whatever it yeah, was? Yeah, I believe like it that. was. I yeah, I think it was, was the rookie. But anyways, yeah. takes me back to that. But uh, South Carolina, Florida, I feel like, Jake, this is how it's supposed to be. Two of college baseball's Blue Bloods, two of the best in the country, both, of course, out of the SEC. Uh, do you want to throw out a prediction? How do you see it playing out? And, of course, I'm sure you're already familiar. South Carolina swept this Florida team. I think that, Jake, was actually the weekend when you texted me and said, man, you guys are red hot, and we didn't win an SEC series after that. So, Jake, I might have a bone to pick with you after this. But either way, uh, Gators and Gamecocks and Gainesville, how do you see it playing out? Man, you know, I, I hate when two SEC teams have to play each other in the Super Regional. I, I, I know it's, it's – 
It just kind of is what it is. It's kind of like when two SEC teams have to play each other in the Sweet 16. Uh, I wish we could see a different matchup. But, look, I, I mean, South Carolina, we talked about it. You know, it were, was really hot at the beginning of the year, almost halfway through the year, and it kind of fell off a cliff. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to pitching. Everybody talks about hitting. I know there's been a ton of home runs hit this year. Everybody loves offense. But this is going to come down to not just the starting pitching, but who has the arms in the pen that can hold a lead in the sixth through the ninth inning. That's what I'm looking at. And I think this is a pretty even matchup, even though South Carolina did sweep Florida. I think when you look on paper, each team, I mean, you look at Jack Caglione, then you look at Petrie, two guys that do different things, but we know how talented they are. I, I'm leaning Florida right now just because it is in Gainesville. Uh, I know home field advantage matters in everything. I mean, you look around the regionals, it didn't matter a ton when you look at who was able to advance and who really didn't. But when it comes to the Supers and it's one opponent, I do lean toward the home team. But it seems like South Carolina's kind of gotten back to themselves. You know, it's kind of like they got neuralized by the men in black for the last half of the year. But you have a lot of confidence and momentum coming out of the regional. I'm going to lean Florida early because of the home field advantage. But I think this is an even matchup at the end of the day. Jake, I've got the Gators advancing, believe it or not. I feel like that, to your point, I think South Carolina's got to take this thing in two if they're going to take the series. And unfortunately, I do see it going. I think it's got three-game series written all over it. I think if it goes to a game three, I think it, it, it very much so favors Florida on their home field. I think their pitching depth is a little bit superior right now, but I really do believe this is a, a coin flip type of series. And I'll be honest with you, Jake, if it was in Columbia, I'm probably picking the Gamecocks because home field advantage matters no, that much. Yeah. Yeah, to me, I mean, whenever I have a, a, a matchup that's even, you always got to look toward the home team, whether that's in football, baseball, basketball, because mm -hmm. there is a built-in advantage. But, you know, in a perfect world, South Carolina just needs to jump them. You need to jump them in the first three innings, kind of like TCU did Arkansas a little bit, uh, to, to get that, not confidence, because South Carolina has confidence, but, hey, we're doing it in the Supers, we're doing it in Gainesville. What does that do? It shuts the crowd up. Mm. So I, I think if South Carolina is going to win this series, if they're going to take two, they're going to have to jump them in the first three innings. I, I wouldn't feel great if it's six to six going into the eight, somewhere around there. I do agree Florida has a little bit more depth, but when you jump them, you get in that pin early. That's the ingredient, I think, for South Carolina to be able to win this thing. So, Jake, I want to move into a tweet that you posted this morning, and I know you saw I engaged with you. You retweeted on your feed as well because, you know, we've had you on the show and we've talked a lot about the line yeah. of scrimmage and the issues there. And I mentioned, and I know, again, you shared it on your feed, that Athlon ranked the Gamecocks' offensive line as the 12th best in the SEC and their defensive line as 13th best. That does not necessarily bode well for a great season. And, Jake, when you think about this, too, I mean, South Carolina last year went 8-4 and four the regular season. They finished outside of the top 100 in rush offense and rush defense. Like, that just – and, and by the way, Jake, this is what really blew my mind. They finished outside of the top 100 in rush offense, rush defense, and they were, like, 94th in turnover margin. When you fact – like, the fact they won eight games, it almost feels like a low-key miracle when you factor in what the statistics say. Either way, you tweeted this this morning. South Carolina fans should be more worried about the line of scrimmage than the skill positions, which I would agree with you 100%. I think anybody who listens to our conversations and listens to this show, they would understand where that conversation is coming from. Let me ask you this, though. Let's turn the convo. When you look at South Carolina's group of skill position players, how good do you think they are? Where would you rank them in the SEC? I mean, do you feel like South Carolina's got the skill position players to compete against the best, and it's just – 
the line of scrimmage holding them back. I mean, I understand that, you know, like a team like Alabama's got more skill position guys than Vandy, but I, I'm of the belief that it really is the line of scrimmage and guys up front that is the biggest differentiator, right? Everybody in the yeah. SEC's got good athletes on the outside. It's about what can you do the interior. That's why you build a football team from the inside out. Your thoughts just on where you think the Gamecocks would rank in regards to their skill position players? Yeah, well, number one, to your first comment, you know, you, you look at – and look, I magazine rankings and preseason rankings and all that stuff, at the end of the day, they really mean nothing, right? There's mm-hmm. good surprises every year. There's bad surprises. But what is what was the factor last year that could have made up for them not being the best along the line of scrimmage and able to win? It's special teams, the thing that nobody talks about, the great equalizer, field position, creating points, creating turnovers making the routine plays routine, blocking punts, things like that. That's what allowed South Carolina to kind of hang there a little bit. And then when they got hot at the end of the year on offense, they were able to get to that eight-win mark. But it's special teams that can, that can hide a lot of problems, right? It can hide a ton of problems. Now, looking at this year, and, and the reason I said that is because everybody's going to be talking about Spencer Rattler, and they should. Does it suck to lose Jaheim Bell and Marshawn Lloyd? Yeah, it does. But at the end of the day, there's been a lot of great teams that were really good up front and just good at the skill position. I think Sacramento is good enough at the skill position. I would rank them somewhere in the middle of the pack in the SEC. I don't think they're top tier. I don't think they're cellar dwellers. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of questions about who's going to rush the passer at South Carolina. Can you stop the run? If you're having trouble stopping the run and rushing the passer, a lot of times the offense gets negated because the defense is on the field the whole time. You're, you don't have time of possession, and when you're out there, you feel like you have to score every time or the game is lost. So if I had to rank him, I'd put him middle of the pack. But again, edge of the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. rushing the passer, and you lost your tackle. That's what worries me. You can have a good running back who looks elite because the offensive line is really good. You can have an elite running back that just looks good because nobody can block. This, this game, the game of football, I don't care if you run the triple option. I don't care if you run the air raid. It is one and lost at the line of scrimmage. There's a lot of guys running around FCS and D1AA at the skill position that can come into SEC team and play really well. There's not a lot of guys that start at left tackle in D2 and D1AA that can come and line up and play in the SEC and block these defensive ends. There's a lot less really good offensive and defensive linemen than there are wide receivers and DBs. That's just how it is. The skinny guys get all the highlights and they get all the love, but the game is won and lost up front. How did Georgia elevate? They got better up front. How did Alabama elevate? They got better up front. How did Oklahoma State and Baylor elevate in the Big 12? I don't know. They got better up front. Then you go up north, look at Michigan. Why are they kicking Ohio State's ass like they stole something from them? They're better up front. That's what it comes down to. So at the end of the day, the skill position is great. You want great players. You want guys that can turn 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls. But I want the guys that can line up and look at the other guy and say, hey, we're running it right here, and it doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, that is going to dictate South Carolina's season. You, want, you know you're going to be good on special teams, right? You've got a quarterback that you hope has figured it out, showed a lot of promise. He's going to be the talk of the offseason. But if you want to get to that 10-win mark, if you want as a South Carolina fan to elevate yourself from the suburbs to an estate with a pool and a gate, you need to be good up front. Not just good, but great, fantastic. And Shane knows that. Everybody who knows anything about football knows that. That's the biggest question mark. 
And Jake, to your point <clears throat> about the problems in the trenches, especially on the defensive side, South Carolina for five straight years has finished 11th or worse in rush defense. And, and that just, to me, tells the entire story. And if you looked at rush offense, the numbers, would, sure. be, the numbers would be porous there as well. Um, here's a fun, yeah. just kind of off-season question for you, Jake. You can't pick Georgia, Alabama, LSU, or Tennessee. How, <laughs> among the rest, who's the next SEC team to win the SEC championship? And you can factor in Oklahoma and Texas in this, if you like. Oh, man. Um, that's a great question. I would say outside of those, the next team to win the SEC – Mm. It's tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I tell you what. Give me Auburn. Give me Auburn and Hugh Freeze. Believer in Hugh Freeze. I mean, I can see why the man oh, dude, wins. He wins everywhere he goes. I've been trying to get Auburn to hire the guy. I've been trying to get Auburn to hire the guy for three <laughs> years. They finally listened. He wins everywhere he goes, man. I get it. He wins everywhere he goes. No doubt. No doubt, Jake. No, but I mean, that's tough, man. That's like, yeah. Man, that's uh, let me ask you this would you of of the ones I eliminated, would you buy stock more in LSU or Tennessee? LSU, LSU for sure. Um, not because I don't love what Josh Heupel and them do, but LSU is legitimately all they need is the organization. That's it, that's all they need Mm. at the end of the day. LSU, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And if you ever recruited the state or the Panhandle of Florida down there, you know LSU, from a talent standpoint, is as rich in talent as any, and there's no other state school. What are they going to do? Spurn you for Louisiana Tech <laughs> or Southeast Louisiana? No, Brian Kelly has now. I mean, he won the SEC West in his first year. All they need is just to be organized, accountable, and turn that machine into a monster. It's a place like Georgia. All you needed was somebody to go in there that can recruit at a high level, that can keep it organized, and let the dogs eat. Yeah, what is it? LSU's had three coaches in the last like 15 years win a national championship. Three different coaches, isn't that right? With uh, 
Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Just, you know, you just can't <laughs> let the wheels fall off the bus. Just, you know what I'm saying? Be organized. You know, you could put a pencil, but you could put Jonah Hill from Moneyball in there and they'd win. <laughs> For sure, Jake. Scheduling is a uh, is a big topic of conversation this time of year. The Big Ten coming out uh, with their scheduling format, eleven protected matchups, uh, and they are going to no conferences. I think similar to the SEC. Give us some insight for those that maybe uh, I don't follow it as closely. Obviously, I'm sure many in our audience don't follow the Big Ten and their happenings quite as closely as the SEC. But your thoughts on what the SEC is doing, what the Big Ten's doing. Who did it better, and what do you think the future of scheduling is overall? Well, look, I, I think we've been moving toward non-divisions, just divisions being gone, and I love it. I want the two best teams to play in the conference championship game. Like, the Big Ten's a great example. I, I said on the show today, the Big Ten West has been weaker than a one-armed weightlifter lately, but they still get a spot in the conference championship game. Now, does that mean that Ohio State may have to play Michigan two times in a row? <clears throat> yeah, but great. That's awesome. Let them play twice in a row. At the end of the day, the goal of scheduling, and look, there's no such thing as a fair schedule for everybody. Teams go in cycles. You'll never have that. But I think the Big Ten's way, where you have those 11 protected matchups, you have the nine-game in-conference schedule, because who doesn't want another SEC game? What I didn't like, and look, Greg Sankey's got to worry about the money, all right? Individuals from universities worry about their school, right? What's best for us? That makes sense. You should. Greg Sankey has to worry about the money. I understand him asking ESPN for more money to go to a nine-game in-conference schedule, but that wasn't in the contract. It's a negotiation. There's going to be back and forth. Now, my biggest thing was mindset, all right? You have some places that are sitting there saying, oh, we don't want that ninth in-conference game because we want to be able to get six to six and six. If you're just trying to get to six and six, you don't need to be in this league because you're going to, when it goes to the 12-team playoff, you're going to start hearing this term we hear in college basketball, bubble team, bubble team. What does a bubble team need in those last three to four games? You don't want to be playing a bunch of teams that aren't any good. It doesn't help you at all. You can't control your own destiny. By adding that ninth SEC game, that win could get you that 11th spot. That win could get you that 12th spot. So I don't like the mindset of some of these schools. But look, Vanderbilt, I understand, right? I get it. All right, let's all be honest. Let's sit on a table, look each other in the eyes, and let's be honest, all right? They're trying to get to six and six. We have them for academics, okay? That's why so we can point and say, hey, we care about school too, all right? Which is amazing, the term student-athlete. I haven't seen somebody be academically ineligible in like eight years. If somebody can remember the last time somebody was academically ineligible, please tell me because I can't remember that. But having pushed that aside, it's a mindset thing. I think some, some schools, and look, 2024 non-conference scheduling, having to get out of that, I get it. That's the problem. There's multiple things going on at once. But the main thing I got at it, out of it is mindset. The Big Ten said, hey, listen, here's our most important game, right, traditional rivalry games. There'll be some that, that we can't resurrect, but you'll play, you know, every other year. I, I forgot the term they used for the outside of the 11 protected games, but I love the way they did it. I think they have the best scheduling format. I like the nine uh, in-conference games, which they have had that. But getting rid of divisions is the best way to really get the two best teams in the conference championship. And at the end of the day, that's the goal. Jake, what I love about your perspective is, again, you're somebody who has been in this thing. You've been in the trenches. You coached at the the collegiate level at a very high level. You mentioned your time coaching against South Carolina. So, you know, you've been at this level. So let me ask you this. You know, right now, this time of year, we – 
we hear things about off-season workouts. You know, it, it's very slow. And this is this is the time of year where no news is good news because the only news you can really get out of your football team is probably bad news, right? Just ask any Georgia fan out there. But, uh, um, you know, off-season workouts are going on right now. Guys are working out on their own. You know, we see pictures from players. They post, like, Spencer Rattler with his wide receivers, what have you. Give folks an idea who may not know just what the players – are going through right now, what type of work they're putting in, and just how pivotal that work is to their success this fall. Because we hear that all the time, like how important the summer is. But can you give people an idea of why that's the case and exactly what they're doing to ensure success in the upcoming season? Yeah, well, well, the first thing is it always just grinds my gears when they're like, man, the guys are really working hard. <laughs> well, you should work hard. Yeah, my washing machine works hard. Like, that, that gets you through the door. I'm not rewarding you to work hard. The biggest thing, we, we, we hear the term chemistry, right? And look, going with your wide receivers and all that stuff, the timing, that's unbelievably critical. But a lot of it is coming together. It's doing things that just aren't lifting weights. It's going out to eat. And it's being able to, to you know, joke around. And, and you, know, you know how guys are. You know, make fun of each other. And, hey, look, we're brothers. It's really coming together as people, not just physically, but, you know, getting to know each other with the transfer portal, new guys that are in, becoming part of the team. So when it does get hard, not only during the off season, not only during fall camp, but during the game, when you're down 10, you can look back and really when you're looking at that guy, say, look, man, I really, this, this is my brother. Like, I, we got to do this for each other. Like, I'm not, I'm not even worried about any of the crazy stuff. I'm worried about doing my job so I can do it for him. This is when that's built right now because if you try and start start building that in fall camp it's already too late it's a long process so so working hard you know they always say man you know i hear about joe milton he's really working hard this offseason well great he should how about you make some good throws how about that during the game like that that it absolutely drives me nuts because everybody's working hard and we always used to tell the guys look everybody in the country right now is o and o they're o and o the dream is still there so while the dream is still there, guys are going to work unbelievably hard. But what you find out, it, it's like day one of practice, right? Everybody's excited about day one of practice. Guys are flying around, trying to win conditions. I don't want guys that are just excited about day one. I want guys that are excited about day nine, about day 13, about day 15. And you only get that way. Human beings only get that way if they care about the people that are around them. And I'm not comparing, you know, uh, war to, to sports all right that's not what i'm doing but but you know we went to france on our honeymoon went to normandy i saw that and i, I listened to everything and, and the thing that i kept hearing from guys that, that had fought in there was i wasn't as scared about myself dying i was more worried about doing my job and protecting the guy next to me that just hits at the core of what a team really is when it comes down to it when it does get hard when there is adversity when you when, when you have to battle back these moments right now, going, going out and, and, and grilling together, you know, going and hanging out together, meeting people's families, that is what brings the team. That's what wins on fourth and one. That's what wins on fourth and one. Not just the play call, not just where you're at, not, not if you have Nike or Under Armour, that's what gets you that first down, that extra inch. So at the end of the day, I, I'm not War is, is awful compared to sports. I'm not comparing that, but it's the human condition. That's what's getting formed right now. 
Yeah, Jake, you know, it's funny, like before social media, when Steve Spurrier first got to South Carolina, I, I remember, you know, being in high school or what have you and, and following as close as I could with the Gamecocks all through like the newspaper and whatever reporters and stuff and and uh, like the booster meetings they would have right when the coaches go on the road and Spurrier would talk about, uh, you know, players giving championship effort in the offseason and stuff like that. And you're like hinging on that. But to to your point about like, I feel like that's a footballism where it's like the guys are working really hard this offseason. Like the, the, the one that what I compare that to that kind of grinds my gears a little bit, and I actually spoke on it last football season, is when your team is getting blown out and you let's just say you score a touchdown late or something and fans will say, you know, I'm just, you know, at least the guys didn't quit out there. I was happy to see we didn't quit. And my, my thought is like, I'm not trying to be like the old man yelling at clouds, but it's like they're on scholarship. Like you shouldn't quit. You know, like, like if you're having players quit, I mean, that is the bare minimum. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay to yeah. expect more than the bare minimum. I, do you have any footballisms from fans, by the way, that you see during the season? I'm sure somebody like you that's been in the game, there's some that even they probably irk you more than others. But, like, do you have any footballisms you see, like, on social media or you just hear from people that you're like, that just really irritates the hell out of me? Yeah, well, it, it's with quarterbacks. Like, like they show without pads on out there throwing the ball 80 yards. Well, look, that's, that's great. Like, look, congrats. You can throw it along. There's a reason the guys in the long drive competition in golf aren't on the PGA Tour because mm-hmm. it's a nuanced thing. It's like in Major League Baseball. Oh, good, you can throw it 98. Well, do you have an off-speed pitch that, that you, can, you can control? Because if you don't, they're going to hit it off the scoreboard consistently. <laughs> it's the guys that, that – have great arms and can throw the change up. That's the difference. The guys that have touch and feel and there's nuance to it because you're not just a thrower, you're a passer. You're not just a thrower, you're a pitcher. That's like a Will Levis. They're like, hey, hey man, watch him turn around and spin and throw the ball 80 yards without pads on. That's great. The dude the dude can't throw a swing pass. Like you, you think it's gonna work in the league? What do you think? They're just gonna run verticals every time? We're just gonna go run around and throw it as far as we can. That just that it's just they see a guy throw it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hard, and they're like, oh, my God, he's the greatest quarterback ever of all time. Like, we used to laugh at that stuff in the office. Because we had guys, you're not going to recruit somebody that has a terrible arm mm. at a legitimate place. I mean, you don't want a guy up there just lobbing the ball around. But there's been a lot more guys that could get away with having an average arm than, and could be accurate and have nuance and touch <laughs> and understand what they're doing than there is guys that sit there and just throw it as hard as they can and don't know where it's going. I call it the Ricky Vaughn syndrome. <laughs> 
I love it. Jake, this has been an electric conversation, my friend. I appreciate appreciate you taking the time. One last thing before I get you out of here. Uh, how many years are Auburn fans giving Hugh Freeze? How, and what are the expectations? Um, I mean, I, I think it's just like everything else. I, I still think it's at three years. I know with the transfer portal, everything's been sped up to two years. But, look, it, it, you don't have to come in and win the West in your first year. I mean, Brian Harson was an absolute train wreck. All he wanted to do was lift weights and talk about accountability. Uh, he didn't want to recruit or do any of that stuff. So, I think if you see progress, I think it's – I think there's a good chance when you look at the schedule with what they've done on the offensive line. You look at the skill position, defensive line's a question mark, rushing the passer. I think there's eight wins there. Uh, but look, I mean, Hughes proven that, and I and look, I, I think he deserves a second chance, uh, but he's shown you he can win at, at every level. And it seems there's a lot of positive momentum right now. So I, I would give him three years. That, that's what I think. Jake Crane of Crane and Company joins us every Friday. Jake, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Have a great weekend and we'll do it again next week. Always fun, Chris. I'll be good. Yeah, man. You too. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.